0: Hey, it's Mark here, and welcome to the next edition of the Employee Survival Guide, where I tell you, as always, what your employer does definitely not want you to know about, and a lot more. Hey, it's Mark, and this is the Question and Answer Format uh, Podcast uh, for the topic today of retaliation, employment imp- retaliation. Uh, I have to say that the uh, topic of retaliation is probably the easiest claim for me to prove as an employment lawyer and the most popular of what is reported. I have uh, at least three fact situations where uh, I'm going to report to you today. We're going to do a little triage on. We're going to figure out uh, what's happening and what solutions can be applied to the particular cases, and it'll help you figure out uh, the issues you're dealing with with respect to uh, retaliation at work, uh, whether it's led to your termination or you're currently uh, confronting it. So let's just dive in. The first uh, example is an employee who's aged uh, 63 or so and working at a pharmaceutical company. Um, The person is claiming that they're being targeted and harassed um, since uh, his testimony was given uh, against a former manager in an HR investigation. And the performance for the employee is uh, rather stellar. I've been with the company for many, many years – and typically received uh, performance ratings of uh, meets or exceeds, and paid very well. And now it's being uh, the uh, he's being written up for uh, false compliance errors out of the blue, and ones the false compliance errors that the person never made. So that's your targ- that's your um, your your fact pattern. And let me now it, it kind of triage the issue. Let me address uh, first and foremost the retaliation claim is the easiest claim for any employee to prove. And why is that? Um, it's, it should be a feather in your cap if you're looking for it, but you just got to know what it looks like. And I'll just be as, simple as, as simplistic as possible. You're looking for some type of complaint of to HR, to manager, um, that you're experiencing unfair treatment. You don't have to use the word discrimination. Just set forth examples of being treated differently Uh, Because of your protected status, let's say age in this case, that um, they're they're saying to their manager that, you know, you're treating me differently than – people are substantially younger than them by like, you know, five years. And you get into whatever example. That literal verbal or email complaint to a manager is all that's needed um, you can get even further in it. You can say, you know, the word discrimination or age discrimination, if you want to, in your verbal or your email. Um, but it really is that simplistic. Now, how does the in- retaliation claim? Um, how does it form? Well, it, you take that action to complain. And yeah, generally, you're going to do it because you have a good faith basis to do so. You may not be true in terms of you know whether it's actually illegal or not, but we don't. The law doesn't protect that. The law only says that. If you have a good faith belief that there's something happening, and you got to think about this something, people are not going to make complaints uh, about their job and, and discrimination because you know it takes a lot of you know mental you know discipline to do this or courage. Let's put it this way: courage, because people are going to uh, ruin their jobs by once they complain, and everybody knows that. And so the Supreme Court of the United States has really set the standard of saying, we want you to complain. We want you to come forth because that's the right thing to do if you find that something happening will protect you. And so the retaliation claim, it goes like this. You, pre- you make an accusation or uh, something's happening to you verbally or an email to your manager or coworker or not coworker but an HR and then look at what happens next. The proximity of time between you making that assertion of complaint um, and what happens next to you in the fact pattern. Look for like the first week and then the next two weeks and look for three weeks. You can go as far as maybe a month and a half, two months. It depends on the facts of the case. What we're looking for is the cause and effect of you complaining. And then something bad happened to you at work. We implement lawyers call it an adverse implement action. But something bad, like you know, you got a demotion or you weren't assigned to a particular project, whatever it is, you just pointed out. If you can find that next fact that happened, um, then you have the uh, the basis of a close follow uh, time period following the complaint and the adverse action that happened. We call that the nexus. And you can establish a claim uh, in the future if you uh, are severed from your employer. You should be able to raise that uh, easy claim of retaliation. So that's the essence of how mechanics of retaliation work. Now let's look at our fact pattern. A 64- or 65-year-old individual um, has uh, engaged in testimony of a former manager to HR. So it's an HR investigation. I uh, love those HR investigations, don't you? It's just, it really just you know – they're going to do something to help and really – and then they don't tell you anything about it. They don't even give you a goddamn report back. Even if you ask, you beg and plead, they're not going to give it to you because they don't have to. And no one knows that. But so HR investigations are – it's like a sham kangaroo court. Uh, it's only designed to protect the employer, not you. And they're always going to tell you every single time, 100 percent of the time, they're going to say to you, we found our determination of the investigation to be um, – nothing happened. Nothing was illegally done, et cetera. And every single time we hear this fact pattern, it's always that example or that response given from the employer. So don't waste your time wondering what the investigation is about or the conclusion, whatever. In this situation, the employee has participated in the investigation and is protected, Okay. And uh, some cases and some jurisdictions say, well, it's going to be part of an EOC investigation. Well, that's not not necessarily true. Um, we also have part of the fact pattern that the – once the employees engaged in the uh, investigation and, and said what happened about the former manager um, uh, and you know their performance now is degraded to zero, needs improvement uh, all of a sudden because – and then they have accusations about quote-unquote false compliance errors. Um, we're not really told what in a fact pattern what that meant. But that's telltale signs of a blatant – discriminatory bias because you complained. And so retaliation claim, pure and simple. Uh, We have an age component because the person's older. So you may be looking at an age claim aspect as well. And you want to look for fact pattern of uh, difference of treatment about age. But for the retaliation uh, situation, it's really easy to uh, see this type of fact pattern and help you discern, you know, what is taking place here. HR investigation you know, you participated in it, it's not, you know, sworn testimony or anything like that, but it's, you talk to you know, HR about it, what happened, and um, so suddenly you're having negative reviews and, you know, nonsensical, uh, you know, BS type of accusations about false compliance errors, I mean, uh, after being with the company for so many years. So that's a joke, okay? That's a, it's simply, you know, that's like the uh, the matrix. You see, the you know, the pattern is happening, so it's a retaliation claim. And You you, you should be taking word or a notice here that you want to look for another job, but Build your case before you get out. Don't leave the money on the table for a severance negotiation because that's an easy claim right there. All right, next one uh, here. Let me uh, gather what this is about. So this one is a, a statement regarding uh, sexual harassment to HR and sex discrimination. Uh, I love these. Um, you know, courageous person to complain um, about a former manager. Let's we'll assume the manager's male. I don't mean to bash men here, but typically that's what we see. Uh, we do see. Uh, Female sexual harassment complaints against uh, – sorry, male complaints about female managers. It does happen. Uh, so the complaint is made about sexual harassment, sex discrimination, and soon after the, um, the new manager who want, who is friends with the old manager starts to retaliate against the complainer. Um, you see that a lot actually. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, you know cold shoulder by the same person uh, or the new person who's friends with the old person, they're literally just sitting down and just uh, talking behind your back about, you know, you and what you did. And, you know, you, there's some anger there, of course, because you've complained and you made that person who's uh, the manager, the former manager, look bad. So they they have it out for you. So that happens a lot. Um, and then the... Uh, the, the fact pattern goes into unnecessary and absurd discipline was imposed upon the employee uh, that was not used for other employees. So that's an example where you um, – when you were <coughs> engaging in uh, complaints of discrimination for harassment, uh, you want to look at how other people are treated who are similar to you, You know working in the same group or whatever it is, your department, and how they're treated. If they're not you know, being given an absurd discipline or a PIP, uh, performance improvement plan, um, then, you know, that's your, your. Your, your comparator, so to speak, as we look at it. All these cases are about fact examples of how you're treated versus someone else, whether it's age, discrimination, retaliation, doesn't matter. It's driven by the facts, okay? You don't need to be a lawyer to look at this stuff. It's just, it's very basic. Just look at how people are treated before and after the events took place, and there you go. So when you write it all down in your little narrative, like I've always told you, um, in this part of the fact pattern we have, uh, the person was eventually, given a PIP, which is a performance improvement plan, and terminated for performance. So terminated for performance means terminated for cause. So if you roll the fact pattern back up and look at it, the person has complained about sexual harassment to a manager, and eventually by the new manager uh, came on board and uh, PIP the person. And fact pattern, we can easily see um, the elements of retaliation taking place uh, against the employee. Um, and it's pretty easy case to prove. Um, why do You ask yourself the insanity, of why do employers do this? Uh, they do it because um, they take the risk that you're not going to do anything about it. Uh, so really easy case to demonstrate for liability purposes in a severance negotiation to establish uh, easy claim of retaliation. Um, so that's the, that fact pattern. I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, this one has to do with a uh, – Employee who's uh, age fifty five, been working for a company for more than twenty five years, and let's see, there was a management change um, in his direct reporting, and uh, the employee complained about bullying, harassment, uh, problems with a manager, and retaliated against uh, for following uh, for following compliance rules and refusing to delete records improperly as the employer ordered. Uh, employee complained about the mistreatment and was placed with a new supervisor. That's again very common. Um, he was abused by by many, so he says, and uh, and was terminated in part due to the client. Uh, to the, uh, the the manager that he was assigned to was terminated due to complaints by the the client. And then we have uh, the fact pattern goes on to say that the employee was put on a pip. Um, He or she rebutted that PIP and resisted um, the formal complaints, et cetera. When I say that the the rebutting the PIP, when you create this, uh, make sure you go into the facts of what happened in the allegations of the PIP and rebut it with facts uh, and demonstrate that. Those things are really, uh, uh, you know, are, are moot because if you rebut with facts instead of the, you know, sub uh, the uh, subjective beliefs by a manager, but with not really anything factual, uh, you can make it appear that the underlying aspects are the retaliation complaints that were made. Um, in this instance, in our fact pattern, there was a, you know, we don't really know the fact uh, complaints were made, essentially, complaint about bullying and harassment. So it we'll has to assume something took place there. So in um, this fact pattern, continues on. They're saying there's an investigation. Uh, outside counsel was brought in. Uh, probably a colleague of mine was uh, on the up- you know working for the defense side, investigated the matter. And then they determined no discrimination was found, no harassment. I mean very common. We hear that all the time. And uh, the fact pattern tells us also that the person was not allowed to see the investigative findings. I told you that is, happens as well. And the employee here is still employed with the employer and figuring out whether or not uh, what's going to happen. So I'm going to just go into the aspect of you're still employed and you've experienced retaliation. Let's say you uh, didn't get a promotion or whatever, but you still need your income. Uh, stay employed as long as possible. Get your narrative moving, uh, documenting for yourself privately, because in the event that you eventually are fired, uh, employers will wait a period of six months before they come after you and fire you. Um even though you, you know, participated in or complained about the harassment bullying, they'll wait their time uh, because defense counsel tells them, well, just hold off and see what uh, happens. Maybe you can catch the employee on uh, performance grounds to fire them. Uh, the PIP, it was, uh, they put the person on. I mean, all these little stupid default tactics, they try to make it appear like the employee is suddenly bad performing. But if you look at the fact, it's all emanating from the, the first day the person complained. So in this fact pattern, it's still an ongoing process. So the nexus of time between the complaint and the termination hasn't happened yet. And we're not encouraging the employee to go out and file a lawsuit, of course. But you might want to just re-up the retaliation uh, complaint again uh, if you need to, just to prolong things as you look for another job somewhere and build your case and see if the employer trips up and you know does something stupid. I'm going to tell you that I I have this kind of um, internal goal um, and uh, I I have a record internally of keeping an employee uh, employed for probably I think it was a two and a half year stint that I kept on filing complaints to continue to bolster the nexus aspect of the original complaint. So if you have multiple complaints, there's no law saying you can't have as many complaints as possible. Um, the opposing counsel in the case I was working on with a large insurance company out of uh, New York City uh, had complimented me on the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know did my client record the, the, the employer? Did it, it just – they were so frustrated with the fact that I had filed, I think it was probably anywhere from five to six EEOC charges over a two-and-a-half-year period of time. And I just would not give up and eventually the employer – Um, relented and we negotiated a settlement of the case and resolved it. So that was an example where you can really drag the process on, keep the employee employed because I really – don't care what you do with your case so long as you have income coming in for yourself and your household. Um, So there's an example I just described. You can file multiple complaints and keep that ball rolling. Keep the nexus going. Keep those connected complaints all nice and tidy in your fact pattern. And the employer gets frustrated because like, wait a minute, this person's talked to an employment lawyer, obviously. So it makes it harder for you to get fired. That's an insurance policy. Why wouldn't you want to do that? So um, it's a favorite little tactic of mine. Again, you're hearing lots of little nuanced tricks that I pull off with these cases because I'm trying to you know, keep you employed if I can. And if I can't, then I'm going to build a case for severance. In the worst case scenario, I'm going to build a case for a lawsuit of retaliation. So hopefully you find these uh, tactics um, and fact patterns helpful for you, answering real-life situations, uh, providing a little triage and what I would do uh, in the circumstance and what I have done in cases I've worked on. Uh, so Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. If you like the Employee Survival Guide, I'd really encourage you to leave a review. Uh, We try really hard to uh, produce information to you uh, that's informative, that's uh, timely, that you can actually use and solve problems on your own and at your employment. So if you'd like to leave a review anywhere you listen to our podcast, please do so. And leave five stars because anything less than five is really not as good, right? Uh, I'll keep it up. I'll keep the standards up. I'll keep the uh, information flowing at you. Um, If you'd like to send me an email and ask me a question, I'll actually review it and post it on there. Uh, You can send it to M. C-A-R-E-Y at capclaw.com. That's capclaw.com.